Hey guys, and welcome to the Life Oasis podcast. My name is Chaim Golazer, grief recovery specialist located in Brooklyn, New York. And my name is Mati Chain, life coach located in Brooklyn, New York. Welcome to today's episode. Our guest today is mental health advocate, very incredible person, Leah Banda. Leah, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I have like three pronunciations of my last name. There's like Bundo for Yiddish, Banda for English, and like Banda for Kronheitz, which I'm not sure where they get that from. But yeah, you got it right. So yeah, Leia Banda, that's what I go by. I don't really like the question, tell me about yourself, because I'm not really sure. So I'm a mental health advocate, but I don't really associate with that as much. Like I think I'm just like a regular, ordinary person who's had struggles and tries to confront them and be aware and also be there for others. So that's what brought me here today. So you advocate a lot for mental health. What inspired you to post that first post on Instagram, sharing your struggles, your battles and stuff like that? So it didn't happen overnight. It was a buildup of a lot. It was actually during, I think, 2020, like around July. And I said I wanted to do something like I needed like some like passion or something. Actually, I was never able to find something that I was passionate about. And like for all these years, like it really bothered me. Like as a kid, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or like all those questions. Like I was always like annoyed by it because I was like, I don't know. And like, don't ask me. And then like, I guess like during July, I want to start a fashion line. And there's something about mental health that I gravitated towards because my older sister had like her struggles with mental health. Like after she struggled with postpartum, I was the first time I heard the idea of like mental health. She went to an organization called Cheskenu. And she, I remember she came home with a bracelet that said, like, the stigma stops here. I wasn't even sure what it meant, but something about it, like, spoke to me. And I literally took her bracelet and, like, wore it for, like, a year without even knowing what it was saying. And I guess some part of it resonated with me because eventually I just decided I wanted to start a clothing line for mental health. And then I was like, you know what? I need to have, like, a platform in order to get to the point of, like, selling clothing. You know, like, no one's going to know who I am. Like, who are you? So that's when I was just browsing through names. I was like, trying like every name every name and they give you like you can only change your name like every hour or something and I was literally changing it every hour because I couldn't decide which name to go with and then I ended up just mastering me that didn't let me change it I didn't even like it I was like this is just a stupid name and then somehow it stuck I really started out with like five followers that were like my really good friends and also like my beginning stage of it wasn't even where I am now like it was just it was I, I saw something special on the street I would post it like just like positivity some I wasn't even sure what I was going at but something with mental health and something with like bringing awareness and bringing positivity and I was also in a very different place then than I am now I was so unaware like it's crazy how much I learned now and I know that like I was in such a like confused place but I just was craving something and like now that I'm like fast forwarding like a year later and I'm so so much in a healthier place I've gotten so much like help that was like really helpful to me not just like therapy where you're like don't feel like you're getting anything you're just anxious the whole time like trying to get out you know so going through the whole process, which I'll like elaborate more on as the time goes on, I won't say all of it right now, but just looking back to when I started, I, it, it, it's just like, it's like such a, like, it's a whole different world to me. And it just shows how much a person could like go from point A to point B. And it's all within the person. There's, yeah, I got help and I got like a lot of people that guided me and I have amazing people like support and people in my life, you know, I do owe it to a lot of people, but at the end of the day, it is my call. I decided I wanted to change. I decided I wanted to take action. I wanted to take initiative. And yeah, so that's where I'm at. Does that answer your question? Yeah. It's very interesting the way you worded it. It's like, I'm going to therapy and being anxious the whole time. I do realize that a lot of people's approach to therapy, like I need to go because 
something's wrong with me and I need to fix it. And as long as it's not being fixed, and as long as I'm not feeling better with myself, things aren't working out and I don't like therapy and I don't want to go, but I have to go, but I need to go. So that's a whole nother approach to therapy, which I think isn't the healthiest way to even look at therapy. So what's the way you looked at therapy, at coaching or whatever it is that you went through? What was this mindset that you had that allowed you to move forward? So I'm really just blessed because I have been stuck in like this like mindset of like I have to go to therapy because I'm like something like is off with me and like I feel anxious all the time and like you know something doesn't feel right and I have to go to therapy like I have to I literally push myself to go like I wouldn't even pick someone that I wanted I would go like somewhere my older sister went or like somewhere where like my father recommended or just like I would go because like I had to get help that was something like that was bothering me but it just never stuck and like I remember I would be sitting like at the therapist I went to like three four years ago she was so like horrible no offense, but like she, she would like read books to me and like do things like I could literally do myself. Like, why am I here? And I would be like, why am I here? And I would just go. And I literally at some point I felt bad for her. That's why I was going. I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, I feel bad for my therapist. That's why I'm paying for her to go. Like, it was just so bad. And then even when I left, like I literally felt bad to tell her that I'm not going to come anymore. And I was like pushing it off for weeks. I was literally going. Like, I was like, this is crazy. That's what I knew. It was like, you know, but that was like when I was like in the real like struggles of my time. And I was like, I thought like, what I was doing was like, I had like good intentions. Like I was like, I don't want to hurt her. But then I was really just hurting myself. And like, that's how I was living my life. I was living my life through like, my stuff didn't matter. Like your money doesn't matter. Like your time doesn't matter. Like her, like her feelings matter. And it really gets like messed up with like, it's not only with therapy, it ends up going everywhere in your life. And then like, you're just not like, people need to be healthy enough to be like, this therapist not working for me. Like that's it, I'm out. Like in general, like people don't have to go to therapy for the sake of therapy. Like there's no point. The point of therapy is for you to go and be like, oh, that was an eye opener for me or that was something that like I'm going to make this and the shift in my life. And you see shifts in your life. Like now that I'm in a healthy place and I chose a therapist that I want to go to, I like willingly go. I'm like excited to go because they help and like they literally like guide me and help me. And like even like I haven't been going for so long. I've probably seen my therapist for like four or five months and I've been making like drastic changes, like just because like my willingness and like. It's it really just comes from me and also having the right guidance. But it's you end up you end up trusting yourself and you end up being in a better place. So what pushed you to continue doing therapy even though you didn't like it? Because I have a lot of friends that have gone to therapy, had a horrible time, and then right away said, "This is it. Therapy is not for me," and stopped going to therapy. What made you consistently go to therapy? Right. So I guess that answer would be different for everyone, but I only know for myself it would be that. I just am very persistent. Like, I'm like, I started this and I want to get better. I'm going to keep going. Like, that's how I am. Like, I don't give up. Like, I don't, I'm a fighter. Like, I've always been a fighter, which is probably why I'm here today. Because I don't, like, let anything stop me. The only person that stops me is myself. I'm, like, my biggest enemy, but, like, other people really don't stop me. Can we jump straight into the merch for a second? Let's <laughs> go for it. So, the merch that you have, all these bracelets and everything. I think they're incredible. You know, wearing something that you honestly believe, wearing something that you like, it's a message that you want to tell the world. And the whole idea of why you even created the merch in the first place is incredible. What's your favorite word or slogan that you have on your, on your bracelets or on your merch? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm just going to give a background for those who don't know like what merch or what he's talking about in case you're listening to this. Because I, I started Mastering Me. It's on Instagram with two E's. And it's like a page of mental health awareness. I post a lot about my sobriety of being sober from marijuana and alcohol. I also like post things that touch me, things that I feel like they like strengthen me or they give me like 
make me feel light and all those things. And I'm like, you know, I share it. I try to share it, which that and Instagram is like a whole topic for, we could do that. We can cover that soon. But like, I did not want it to be like an Instagram page. I really want it to be something that's like beyond like something that's in my heart. Even if I'm not on Instagram for a month or two, I'm still doing mastering me. You know, it's literally in my heart. It's who I am at this point. So merch for me was something that's, first of all, not on Instagram. It's something that people could like wear and like have and like something about having something physical. So that's how I started my merch. And so about your question, I guess my favorite quote saying would be kindness. Because I think kindness, it's like once you have kindness for yourself, then you end up just being compassionate to yourself. And then you end up surrounding yourself with the right people. And you it end up just like, like literally, what's it called? And like, yeah, and like it like rolls, what's it called? Like when it like rolls into like... Snowball. Yeah, like a snowballs, basically. Snowball effect, yeah. Yeah, it snowballs into like positivity and like... It's like really just like it's a domino effect of like once you feel good about yourself, you just end up making everyone feel better. And it's it's just, you know, you spread kindness if you're kind to yourself. So I guess that would be my answer. I mean, I'm actually right now wearing the brace that says have more unashamed conversations. And I remember when I first started wearing it, I thought I was just wearing a bracelet. I mean, it does say mental health awareness. so I kind of loved it. <laughs> but as I was talking to people, some of them were noticing the bracelet and saying, oh, my God, I have to have a conversation with you. And they just opened up and I just realized, I was like, whoa, this is just a bracelet. And the effect that it was just having on other people was so amazing. Yeah, I get it all the time. I mean, DMs and people in real life come up to me and they're like, what you're doing is amazing. And like, as much as I'm like, yeah, it's amazing, but there's something about me that feels like, but still not good enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to say like, oh yeah, I feel like I can accept the compliment 100%. There's something about everything still. And it just comes from me and I'm just keep telling myself like, even being on Instagram, it's like if I post a status or a story and like no one responds, I'm like, okay, no one cares. I'm deleting Instagram. Like I'm over. That's it. It's over. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like if these things keep coming up, when people come up to me and they're like, what you're doing is amazing and like keep doing what you're doing. I'm like, okay, I feel empowered. But then like you're really dependent on that validation because when you're not getting it, then you're not feeling empowered. You know what I'm saying? In my opinion, validation isn't the goal. It's not where we want to get to. We want to get to productivity. We want to get to meaningfulness. So validation is important. But it's for a greater good. It's for a better purpose. And I think that happens to all of us at the end of the day where we lack that validation when we post something on Instagram. Like when I don't get as many comments and I thought, oh, this is a great post that I just wrote and I get less likes and I get less comments thinking that I do something bad. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that and that's self-doubt. It does. Yeah. And it's not even the truth. It's not even that like you, we attach so much of our worth to like our Instagram, like other people. And if like we wear something and we're like, oh, we didn't get enough compliments. No one likes it. It's ugly. And that's not even true, but that's how we're wired to think because of like today's society, I feel like. We're so dependent on it. Yeah. I feel like that we're going into a very touchy subject. I'm just going to end up going on it full force. I mean, the issue with Instagram these days is that people look at their following count. They look at their likes count. They look at everything like it's so important. When they're in an amusement park, they're sitting there with their phones, Instagramming the rides. And are you enjoying the rides? Are you, are you having fun? And it's, and then there's those people that are looking at the videos going, oh my God, they're having so much fun. Are they? They're sitting there filming a roller coaster when they could be on it. It's all deception at the end of the day. I mean, like you're deceiving yourself. You're deceiving other people of something that's not really true. You're doing it for the picture. You're not doing it for the experience. And the experience is what creates the meaningfulness. It's you in the moment. It's not you achieving something. It's not you posting something. It's you being something that allows you to feel meaningful and that's something that is lacking a little bit in all of us 
and we sort of like gravitate to Instagram to get it because it's an easy way of getting it. It's an easy way of getting validation. It's like literally right there by your fingertips. Like if I look good today, like why not post it? If I'm on this vacation, like why not post it? Everyone's going to think that like I have it all together and like I have all this going for me, you know, but you don't. I mean, maybe you do, but like if you really think you do, then you don't need validation for it. Yeah. That's like my friends. They used to go to Mexico and, and post pictures of the beach and things like that. They're broke. But the whole point was just to segue into the next topic or into the topic of understanding that that validation only works if I allow myself to validate myself, if I allow myself to feel good with myself, knowing that I am capable of feeling something, knowing that I do have this power within me to feel good and not being dependent, not being needy on other people's approval. 100%. I even want to add something. I want to say that I haven't been on Instagram in like probably two weeks maybe. And that's the only reason why I'm doing the podcast today. Because, like, Instagram has taken away, like, my my worth. I'm like, oh, but they have this and they have that and they have that. And, like, suddenly you're not interested. You're like, I'm not good enough. Like, I'm not, I don't know how to talk properly. I don't know English. I don't have charisma. And then, then like, get, like, a phone call. Like, you want to do a podcast? I'm like, no. But, like, but now. It's a weird like, phone call. <laughs> but now that, like, I have a bit on that and, like, I've really been, like, into with who I am and, like, just, like, able to, like, be present. I'm like, wait, why do I not? Like, let me do it. There's only something to gain from here, you know? Like, only, you're only going up from here. So, yeah, just want to say that. Thanks, guys. You're very welcome. I do want to add that there is some positivity to Instagram. There is something about it, you know? Like, yeah. there is. Because, like, I am, like, I'm able to get my word out only from Instagram at this point, you know? Eventually, it won't have to be like that. But it is like that right now. And I think it's just a healthy balance of knowing that whatever it is that's going on is not necessarily dependent on your self-worth. Like, there's... There's you, there's who you are as a person, and there's Instagram, which could add to your life. But if it's not adding to your life, then you don't really need to use it. But if it is, then great. Yeah. So for the question, is Instagram good or bad? It all depends on the user. And the reason you're using it. Like, are you seeking validation? It's not healthy. Validation gets very tricky because who are you validating at the end of the day? Are you actually validating yourself? Are you validating your image, how other people see you? What exactly are you validating? And that kind of becomes tricky because which validation are you looking forward to most? Are you looking towards others' validation or are you looking towards your own? And it's a question that I think has to be answered. By the person. And I guess it's before someone posts something, before someone, you know, it puts themselves out there. They should ask themselves, what's the reason they're doing it? More than just answering the question. It's also allowing yourself to answer the question or allowing yourself to ask these questions. I have a theory, and I think I brought this up in the podcast in the past, is the concept of a malik is that it colds you out and it makes you cold, not from asking the questions. The questions are being asked all the time. Am I worth it? Am I valuable? Could I do it? Can I succeed? But a malik sort of like gives you this cold shrug and this cold shoulder and doesn't even allow you to answer those questions. Because if you actually had the courage to answer those questions, you would, you would answer them. For example, can I actually accomplish this? Yeah, a malik will tell you, eh, not really, you're not really worth it. Like, you accomplished it? What are you talking about? But it's asking these hard questions and answering them. And it's difficult. It ain't easy. But that is what growth is. Growth is through these hardships. I mean, I remember one of the first times I ever got vulnerable on Instagram was in 2017. Wait, no, 2018. It was one of the greatest years in my life and one of the hardest years in my life. I accomplished a lot. And at the end of the year, I kind of just wanted to, I guess, post about it because I felt that it was something that other people could learn from. And I remember I probably wrote the post 18 times. I was like, I would, I would go back and be like, no, no, no I'm going to change what I said in the beginning. I don't like that. And 
I probably spent like five, six hours working on it. And one of the rabbis walked over to me. I was in Jets at the time. Walked over. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm working on an Instagram post. He's like, you look like you're about to make a million dollar deal. What's going on? So I showed it to him and I was like, this is what I'm working on. I want it to sound as best as possible. He's like, what's the problem? Just say the truth. Say exactly how you feel. And I sat down and I was like, how do I feel about this year? And I wrote it down exactly how it is. And till today, it is my most liked photo and some most commented photo on my page. And I got so many DMs just about it because people related to it. I wasn't looking for validation. I just wanted to be raw. Just to add to that, when I post like vulnerable posts, like I guess if you go on my Instagram, you see I talk about self-love and like negative self-image and struggling with a lot of anxiety and fears. There's something about it when I post it that I feel I, it takes me into a really negative place. I don't feel better after I post it. I'm not 100% sure why. And actually, I've listened to a podcast recently from Gabor Mate. You guys heard of him? He speaks about trauma a lot. And he says that after he comes back from like a retreat that he does where he like full on speaks for like days on, you know, like guidance about how to get over trauma. He says he feels like he feels worse than when he went. He goes home and he crashes and he like feels like doubt and negativity. And I was like, I feel the same way. Like after I like, let's say post like a video of myself and be like, oh, I finally like worked on this and this and I feel so I really don't feel good. Like, I don't know why I'm saying it. And then I feel like I'm like happy that it's only a story that it goes away after 24 hours and no one's going to see it. It's made up. It's stupid. Literally like diminish what, like I said. So what he was saying is that it's because we don't really 100% believe what we're saying. We're not really practicing what we're preaching. Like if he's going into a class and he's saying, that's the reason you have trauma or it's because you have to deal with this and this and this, but he's not really practicing what he preaches. So, and I think that's also what it is. Like it could be that I had a moment where I was like, oh, I figured this and this out. Oh, I... I mastered this, but really I didn't fully master. And like, I feel like if I did fully master, I wouldn't even have to speak about it, I guess. I would just, I would be able to speak about it more one-on-one when it's, when it's the context. I wouldn't have to like speak about it like as a post where it just like pops up and everyone screens and everyone sees like, oh great, she mastered this. You know, that's not really what it is. And that's not really what real life is. So that's why I don't think that you can really gain real self like improvement and like really work on yourself through an Instagram post. That's my opinion. So how did you continuously post about mental health while you were going through your own stuff you can ask my friends i'd literally text them be like master me is stupid like every other day like i i that's I just like what and they're like no like they wouldn't and it'd really be like no it's not and then like an hour later i'd be like oh yeah you're right but then two hours later i'm like i'm deleting it it's stupid and you know like in the meantime people would literally come up to me and message me and tell me and like still i would be like it's stupid and it's because i was looking at my photos and i was like that's not who i am like i didn't master this and this and this and why am i saying that and I would just like beat myself up about it. And then I'd feel like, oh, I'm so vulnerable. Like anyone could just click on my name and see everything. Like, I don't like that. But I guess to answer your question, like why I would keep doing it, there's something about me that did fe- that does feel something. Like there's something, there's something, I'm not sure what it is. And I think I'm still trying to figure out like what exactly it's giving me. But I am not where I was like when I started Mastering Me. And it's definitely a thank you to Mastering Me, but I'm just not sure which part of it yet. So for now, we're still going to stay where we are. And I'm not off of Instagram. I'm just taking a break. So I feel like the process of gaining self-knowledge about yourself and I mean, we spoke a lot about in the first episode of self-love, about self-love, it's a very difficult process to get it all. And I think that's the big issue. We all try just to, you know, grasp everything. We don't try going step by step. It's like, I want to be here. What is going to get me there tomorrow? Not what's going to get me there in like five months. So what was the continuous push throughout all of that 
growth that you were having? What was the continuous push that kept you going that you weren't getting from, it wasn't just changing overnight. It was something that was changing over time. What was the consistent push that kept you saying, I'm going to get there? So there was a couple things. Firstly, I stopped smoking weed, which I realized I had a really, I didn't even have a bad trip, but I got into a really negative state of mind and I realized that I was addicted to feeling negative. And for some reason, weed was like making me feel negative. And I was like, I have, I need to feel like that. That's why I need to smoke. I was like addicted to that feeling because I feel like that was the point of my life where I was like starting to feel better. Like I've moved out of my parents' house. Like I sort of got my own freedom. And that's when I started getting like super addicted. And I was like, that's so weird. Cause like, wouldn't it like not be like that? But then, and then I was, then I thought about it and I was like, yeah, it's probably because like, I was finally feeling like relief in my life. And like, there was something about me that felt like, no, you don't get to feel relief. You don't get to feel good. Like you have to feel bad. So that's why I would start smoking. And I saw this, like, it was really clear to me one night and I was like, hey, I'm done. Like, that's it. And that was like approximately seven months ago. So that was like a big factor of like change and growth. And then after, let's say I would say about like four or five months into being marijuana free, I went on a, on a trauma healing retreat, just called Fresh Start. That definitely changed my life. And so they were very focused on religious trauma and childhood trauma. And they were, and they were really like, they're really going layer by layer and like giving me like a lot of clarity because that was the first time in my life that I felt like somebody was actually getting to the core of my issues. I feel like I was kind of always like dancing around, like this might work or that therapy might, that approach might work like somatic. Yeah, it was great. Like I felt like good for five minutes later, but then like, then I went back to where I was. Like I felt a lot of temporary relief from all these things, but there was like the first time that I felt like true, deep presence and like calmness and it's because the people there got me they validated like things that like no one ever validated in my life they literally gave me like a new chance to live they gave me like a ticket to life to like live to like appreciate the good I have they didn't even like have to show me they gave me tools to believe in myself and then suddenly I saw all this good that I have and I was like wow and I was like calm and present so that was like probably the best week of my life because it was just like beyond because I've never had a natural like I don't need to be high. I don't need to drink like none of that. Like it was I was naturally able to get there and it was like real. It wasn't like fake in the moment. It was hardcore realness. So that gave me a taste of like what true healing really means. And I was like, this is what it truly means to be living. So after that, obviously, it doesn't like fix your life in one week and suddenly you're perfect. So after that it was a lot of ups and downs. Yeah, there was like a lot of times where I got really scared that I was going to go back to where I was before I left the retreat. But thank God they recommended a great therapist like from like the retreat. So I was able to kind of get a continuation of it. And like it was kind of the same style. So that's why I felt really good about it. And that's someone that's like really helped me. That still presently helps me in my life. So that's been a huge push for me. I actually remember like right before I was going on the retreat, I was like having so much anxiety. Like it was like I'd be like driving. I'd be like at work. I'd, I'd be like working out. Like literally anything I was doing, like speaking on the phone, like I was so anxious. Like so on edge like I just couldn't relax just so hyperventilate like just like hyper aroused like just literally not present just freaking out about like oh I see a car and I freak out just literally nothing like not even like a trigger just constantly waking up and like being in like trigger mode like waking up triggered and I was like I remember like right before I went I was like something needs to be done about this like this is not okay I can't live like this anymore like this is this is craziness I like I was like so happy that like and that was like when I knew I was going on the retreat and I was like oh, okay, like there might be light at the end of this tunnel. I might be able to like get clarity on this. And I think the retreat came in like the best time of my life. 
because I think I was I was ready. I was so ready like to face this and do whatever it takes. And even my therapist tells me till today, he's like, you're like one of my easiest clients because you just like want to change. You just like want you want to get better. Like, I don't even tell you like I don't need to force you. I don't like he's actually gets like he can yell like if he doesn't like like what were you doing? Just on a mean way, just like because he takes the job seriously. I don't know. But like that's how we get along because I'm like a fighter also. I literally fight everyone like I don't want to do that. I, I don't listen. But like back to like my therapist, like he's able to just he just literally tells me like you just you just want it. You And I think the reason why I just want it is because I felt so negative and I'm like so ready to like feel relief and like con- and, like be at a place where I don't keep going up and down, up and down. Like I even still now, like I'll have months where I'll be like really good. And then months where I'll be like, I hate everyone. No one messaged me deleting everyone's phone numbers. So, you know, I'm still working on getting to like that stable medium where I don't really go so low. I think it comes from going really high and then going really low. So, you know, we're getting there. We're, we're not there yet. So through you getting better, you also are able to help other people. So what, what was that missing ingredient that you think that was missing beforehand? And after this retreat and through therapy also, from what I understood, you sort of like connected the dots and found a conduit to like ground yourself. So what was that missing ingredient? So I actually remember right before I left the retreat, the, I was wrapping up with the therapist that helped me throughout the week. And he told me, he's like, if you don't accept yourself, you cannot help anyone. People will see through you. You will, it won't last. It will literally crack. It will fall apart. And I was like, that's so true. Cause that's how I felt like regarding mastering me. I was like, I'm like, who am I? Like, who am I to speak? Who am I to do anything? Like I was like, cause, and the only reason why I came down to that is because I didn't believe in myself. I literally didn't think I was worthy of like anyone, even like my name popping up on anyone's screen. So he told me, he's like, if you don't, learn to like yeah there was a lot of things that I had to grieve about and he brought up a lot of traumas and things that's happened in my childhood and just like a lot of things that were really hard for me and like he he made us like write a letter to like our inner child and it really just showed me how much how how much needs to be grieved and how much pain I've put up that I just started instead of dealing with it creating coping mechanisms and it was so clear to me and that so many like that idea of like having to look perfect or look a certain way or like the whole idea of like SNES and I guess that's a different story. But the retreat did focus a lot on like religious trauma and somebody that's in pain. Like I was never like a rebel. I was never like openly like to my parents, like I don't want to keep Shabbos. I'm not, I wasn't that kind of person. I was really just like in pain. And I thought that let's say wearing a shorter skirt or doing this will give me more relief. And I really just like wanted to feel better. I was always just like holding on to some sort of hope. Like maybe this friend will like, you know, get me or maybe, you know, because I just always felt so misunderstood and like left in the dark. Like I would like try to do something. It was the point was never like it was I never got across in the right way. So all those things are really just small, like hope and, you know, not necessarily were they healthy habits. They weren't always like healthy things to do, but it's things that I've adapted to do just to feel better. Yeah. So the missing ingredient was the a foundation that I needed to grieve about certain things and feel it and own it. And only then was I able to be truly in tune with who I am because then you're really aligned. Like once you're not like bouncing off of like coping mechanisms, it's not like you're a foundation. It's, you know, because that could be a foundation, but that's just a rocky foundation. But once you work, like you grieve through your childhood and you accept certain things that, you know, I've actually recently had a conversation with somebody that, you know, things that were done to me that weren't supposed to be done. And I pushed things off for many, many years and actually like, a conversation that I pushed up for 15 years, I actually just had a conversation with someone. And I was like, you know, the only reason I was able to have that conversation with someone is because I finally knew that whatever was done to me was wrong and it wasn't my fault. And until like 
no, until this, like, I didn't even know that. I was like, yeah, it was just like, there was something wrong with me. That's why these things happen. Like, I didn't even think that like these things, I didn't deserve for these things to happen to me. So like, that's like just one example of like, those things need to be addressed because they're, they're obviously bothering you and they're causing you triggers in like the randomest places. So you're waking up and you're like triggered by life. And yeah, there's some people that are triggered by life and that's like a different story. But for me, I don't think I was triggered, but I was just triggered by so many things that I wasn't addressing. So once I got truly aligned with it's who I truly am, not what like I want to be or not what people expect me to be. Once you really are who you are, then you're able to just keep going and you're able to be there for others. And, you know, that's there's not much there's not much more to it. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, in the grief recovery method, we have something called service, which I mentioned in the first podcast, which is the short term energy relieving behaviors that people do to cope with grievance or any type of feelings. It's a coping mechanism. And one of the things it says in the book, it's, you know, you come home from a bad day at school as a kid. And your mom's like, oh, you had a bad day. Here's a cookie. And that cookie is meant to make you feel better. And there's so many other things in your childhood, which you could probably, if you look into your childhood, you could find it, that was just a coping mechanism. And we rely on our coping mechanisms to continue to go through life. And I remember when I started pointing out my coping mechanisms, I was like, I'm doing this every day. This is, what am I coping from now? And just all these small things, they do add up and you just have to find the proper way to cope, to heal. Sometimes it's about opening up to a person. Sometimes it's just about figuring yourself out. It could be so many things, but yeah. Yeah, but I really truly still think that as much as somebody could help you and support you, you have to be a strong vessel, meaning like their support can't really be making you like it could be filling you but you need to be a strong foundation meaning if they're not available shouldn't be like oh my gosh they're abandoning me like i don't have anyone in this world i'm alone you know like if your friends are there for support then they're able to add to you but if you're a broken vessel then you're just using them to fill you and i think there's like a healthy balance of like having friends but then also being there for yourself so what's the goal go to fresh start do you really think we could create a fresh start? Yeah, I think we can start. I think this is a start. I just feel like there's so much that people don't know. Like people are so clueless to like how certain behaviors are toxic. Like it's so normal to like go out and everyone gets drunk. Like why am I the only one that feels like I don't need to be drunk to have a conversation with someone? Maybe I'm not the only one. Maybe that's like a broad like statement to make, a bold statement to make. But there's so many people that are dependent on like coping mechanisms like alcohol marijuana like friends constant friends like all these like external things and they don't even like want to change anything they're like they're so used to it like they don't even they don't even second guess it it's like this is the norm that's the norm but then there's so many cases of like depression and all these you know anxieties and like it's becoming the norm also so like i feel like there's some sort of like similarity they're both going down the same path so i think fresh start like even i remember being there and they said, like, there's no phones allowed. You're allowed, you're allowed to use your phones, like, in the room. And I didn't even, like, feel like I needed to use my phone. And I realized, like, the only reason I don't need to use my phone is I'm not trying to fill myself up with anything. Like, I'm feeling whole. Like, I'm feeling present. I'm feeling happy where I am. I'm okay. And, like, once we feel like we're, like, fidgeting, like, we need phones, we need this, we need that, we need computers, we need, like, screens, we need, like, it's just to try and distract ourselves. And it's, you know, it's not the way it's supposed to be. We really crave connections. We really do. And that's what we're doing. We're trying to connect, but like in an indirectly toxic way, in a sense. You're not really connecting. If you're DMing someone on Instagram, yeah, maybe you're connecting to an extent, but 
can't compare that to a conversation you're having with someone in person. The one thing which I, I'll have to admit is I, I've admitted this on Instagram as much as possible before every single episode, before every single time we're about to post an episode. I have the most anxiety. I am, I have, I'm like, what's going to happen? Who's going to think this? Who's going to do that? And I remember after the first time we hit the button, I was just like, wait, why was I freaking out for the past like hour? I, I'm fine. I really enjoyed it. And then not just that, people were coming over to me and thanking me. And I was like, wait, what? You, you like that? I said that and that's what, like, that's what resonated with you? I actually remember one time I really wanted to post something. I was passionate about something. And it, was, it went against a lot of stigmas that are going around today of like mental health and that and everything. And, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to write it and I'm going to say it because I believe that it's true. And I believe that it's the most productive, healthy thing that anyone could do. And I posted it. And the first thought in my head was, I'm going to get canceled. I'm going to get kicked off Instagram. People say, do not follow him. You know, he's unsafe for our community or whatever it is. And I got the most positive feedback that I never even thought that I'll ever get in my entire life. And not like through comments, through private messages. Like, thank you so much for writing that and making that like public and like actually putting that into words. And... I do think it was because it came from an authentic, real place and not because what other people are, are going to think about me. You know, I think even more so because I thought people were going to doubt about me and I still did it because I believe that it's the right thing to do. I think that's what made it so powerful and that's what made it so real. Instead of me writing things in a way that will be accepted by other people, I decided I'm going to write in a way that it's just me expressing myself and being raw and true to who I am. I like that. I want to add to it. I actually saw a quote. The other day it said, the greater the doubt, the greater the awakening. The smaller the doubt, the smaller the awakening. No doubt, no awakening. Hmm. Powerful, right? Wow. Yeah, I don't have Instagram, but I would have posted that on Instagram. <laughs> so I'm going to say it on the podcast. Yeah, no, that is powerful. No doubt, no awakening. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was getting certified to become a grief recovery specialist. For those of you who don't know, I am the youngest to ever be certified. So when I walked in, forget the fact that I was fully religious with the Yamaka and Tzitzis, I thought that's why I was getting looks till I figured out that is they weren't expecting an 18-year-old to walk into a classroom. I mean, the next person close to my age was around 48. And I was 18. Started this all 20 years. And I remember just feeling, I wouldn't say unwelcome. There was just the amount of doubt that was in my head. Like, do I belong here? Is this something that I could actually do? Like, could an 18-year-old pull off becoming a grief recovery specialist and help people? And I remember even after I was certified, I would I would like lie about my age sometimes. I'd be like, no, 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 I'm 23, which they didn't even make so much of a difference. But it was like, I needed that clarification and all that doubt that was in my head. I mean, of course, afterwards, it totally paid off. And it's just look where, look where I am now from all that doubt. I mean, yeah, all the time I look back at my past and I'm just like, oh, I had so much self-doubt for absolutely no reason. What was the point of it? And then I'll continuously self-doubt myself. Yeah, but it's because of your self-doubt that you were able to get to where you are. Exactly. In my practice, a lot of people associate the word hard with impossible. And it's very funny that they do that because it's, it, it's hard. I don't want to do it. It's really, really, really hard. Why should I do it? And what I always try to ask them, okay, what happens when you actually do this really, really, really hard thing for yourself? It's really, really hard for me to wake up in the morning. It's really, really hard for me to go work out. It's really, really hard for me to do this. And therefore, I'm not going to do it. But then I ask, what happens if you do it? What happens if you actually do it? Yeah, well, I'll feel a lot better with myself. Like, isn't that the goal? Isn't that the point? Yeah, it's hard. And the harder the thing is, the more meaningful it is at the end of the day, to a certain extent. Meaning to say, like, 
just because it's hard, it doesn't mean you don't have to do it. And through that hardship, you're going to be able to overcome it and be way more, be way better at it than if it was very easy for you because then you wouldn't appreciate it as much. You overcame something that's hard. You appreciate the process. You appreciate the work that you put into it. And it actually has meaning to it. It's not just another thing that came for free. You invested time, energy, sweat, blood in order to achieve it. For example, the event that you just had, you loved it. I mean, I did the event for one of my closest childhood friends. I, he's been with me since for as long as I can remember. I cannot put a time in my life where he was not there. He just wanted to do this and I wanted to be there for a friend. And I wanted to make sure his dream became a reality. And at the end, I just felt so happy that I got to see his dream come true. And I was able to be a part of it in any way. And I, I instantly regretted complaining that I was tired. I was anxious. I was upset. And there was just a lot that went wrong in one day. And you know how they always say, oh, expect the worst. I expected the worst. And yeah, the worst happened. But we made it happen. And it was really cool. What would be the best advice you could give someone? Anyone listening to the podcast right now? Always be willing to learn and be open, willing to, willing to learn, willing to adapt, be flexible. There's so much in every person, like every person has so much depth. And if we only give them a chance, like if we don't project ourselves on the other person or we don't come with like the agenda of like how a person is supposed to be or how a person is supposed to look or what a person is supposed to say, take that away. then you can really truly learn from people and you can really be there for one another and you can truly love each other because at the end of the day that's like that's what we really want you know we feel good after we connect with people we don't feel good after we like fight and argue and you know put people down and make people less than to feel better so i think it's you know be a good person i like that it's powerful so if you were interviewing yourself what question would you want to ask yourself what do you think triggers your constant ups and downs like that question is like a true question that i need to like really get in tune with myself because it's like you have to get to a really like grounded like place where you're able to truly like feel certain things because because usually you're just like saying things that are not really coming from like your true self. You're just like you're saying things, things that are coming to your mind and you're saying it. But when you ask yourself like a deep question like that, because that's something that I really struggle with, like feel bad because like people get hurt by it. It's, you know, it's like it goes it really goes ups and downs. And as much as like my friends think that like, oh, you don't care about me or, you know, I literally just go MIA. And it's not, you know, it's not a healthy trait. And I think that when, I think my answer to that would be that when, like, I feel like negativity coming on, I'm scared of like putting it on someone else so that I just push everyone away. And I'm afraid that like, if I show like negativity or if I show weakness or if I show vulnerability, then people will just run away. And so I'm afraid of that. So instead of like getting to that point, I just push away. So that actually helped me. So now I actually know that. Thanks guys. It's a good question. Is there any questions you have for us? I just want to thank you for giving me this opportunity. It's really something that I've always wanted to do and never did it. So thank you guys. Also, I want to ask you, what keeps you guys going? What keeps me going is the so much that keeps me going, thank God. I find that when I create something with the positive outlook, when I do it for a positive response, I get it. And that really keeps me going because I created this podcast with Mati and we only did it for positive reasons, just to give knowledge out to people for one person to even listen and gain something is all we wanted. And I watched it happen. I mean, we only have three episodes out and just the amount of feedback that we got was incredible. And the same thing with music and the same thing with my photography and the same thing with everything I do. It just, as long as I am doing it for the right reasons, I'm just seeing positive outcome. 
And that just keeps me going every day. I like that. What keeps you going? Same. Easy way out. It's actually a great question because I do doubt myself. I'd be here and there. But I have the people that care about me and that love me, who are always supportive of me. And they always show me the amazing things that come out of what I do. They always show me like, this podcast is amazing. You should continue doing it. You should get better, do more and more and more and don't stop. And the people who love me and care about me really show me that even when it's hard for me to see it. That's what keeps me going. Thank God I have a, a great support system. I have an amazing supportive wife who always keeps me going. So yeah, shout out to my wife. Thank you so much. So since we're nearing the end of the podcast, we would like to ask our formal questions. So what are your three favorite books that you would recommend to people? And if you would like to, you can also share why. Okay, so they told me they were going to ask these questions. It really stressed me out this whole time. <laughs> you guys can cut that. So the first book that actually came to mind right now, I've read recently that I borrowed from a friend called Glass Castle. I don't know if you guys read it. It's about this girl that grows up like an abandoned home. And for some reason, I like, I really resonate with like the like lowest people. Like, I guess like I didn't really grow up in like an abandoned home, you know, like I had Baruch Hashem had parents that were loving. But there's something about like the way they neglected her or like I think it was like an emotional thing and something about like that like pain of the uncertainty like she would move from place to place and you know from like I actually moved from like Bar Park growing up in Bar Park to like Crown Heights I moved from like Chassidur school to Chabad school like I kind of had that shift and like I really resonated with this girl who was neglected her parents like just moved from place to place and so I found that really powerful I'm still in the middle so that's my first one and the second one is The Body Keeps the Score actually just read a quote from that before, which I mentioned about doubt. And it's something, like, I think that book like brought me tears. Like I don't remember the last time a book brought me tears and I resonated with like every single word that it says. It's just beyond powerful. Very, very highly recommended. The body keeps the score. I can't think of a third one. Could we do two? We'll do two. Yeah, sure. We can do two. I actually own Body Keeps the Score. I think it's an amazing book. All right, Chaim. So normally I am prepared for everything, but this is something I'm unprepared for. Normally we do five rapid questions. I do, I do generally prepare them the night before, but I think you guys both know I did not the night before. So I'm going to make them up really as I go. So if they're weird, I am sorry. And we're keeping this in the podcast to make sure we can see how vulnerable this is because I really have no idea what I'm about to do right now. Whatever comes out of my mouth, I am sorry. What's your favorite hobby? Working out. What's your favorite color? Blue. I'm so stuck. This feels so weird to be like not prepared for anything. What was the greatest moment of your life? Hmm. I had a really good moment. I want to say the greatest moment. Can I say like a great moment? Of course. On Shabbos mornings, past Shabbos, I heard like a knock on my door at like 1230 in the afternoon. And I'm like, who's waking me up Shabbos mornings? Like, whatever. It's kind of annoying. And I see like my little nephew standing by the door with my sister. And I was like, he's like wearing his little coat. And it was like a real like moment. I was like real. It really spoke to my heart. <laughs> it was like, I was like, wow, this is probably one of the best moments of my life. Wow. What's your favorite quote on Embracer that you made? More unashamed conversation. What is your best tip for making the world a better place? Spread your light. All right. That is all the time we have today. Thank you so much, Leah, for coming on. Also, you can check her out on Instagram at masteringme with two E's at the end. You could also check out her merch. I'm pretty sure there's a link in her bio on Instagram. And yeah. Thank you so much.